Aloha! My name is Samantha and welcome to the Life of Riley podcast. For those of you who don't know me, I am Samantha Riley. I'm 32 from Glasgow in the UK and I'm an advocate for all things mindset, positivity and I'm on a mission to smash my goals in life. If you are listening today, please let me know. Screenshot this episode and tag me in your stories. You can find me on Instagram at Samantha Riley underscore underscore. That's S-A-M-A-N-T-H-A-R-E-I-L-L-Y underscore underscore. So get comfy or ready if you're out and about and enjoy the podcast. So I'm not going to lie, it has been quite the week. I feel like this episode could have went down so many routes and I've actually taken some things that happened this week and made several episodes. I think if I didn't, like this one would have genuinely been like war and peace. (laughs) So the 5th of May came around this week and that marks six years since my mum died. It's always a very strange day for me and actually the day before sometimes is even stranger. She died at 6am and I'm on the 5th of May in the morning and the last time that I seen her was the evening of the 4th of May. All day in the 4th, every year it plays on my mind. Should I have stayed overnight with her? Should I have tried to speak to her about death and her wishes? And if I close my eyes, I can actually still see her face smiling and waving at me as I left the hospital room. It's never an easy day, but this year I was busy and I just got through it. Me and Gary always take this kind of time of year off work, as sadly his dad died on the 10th of May, but six years before my mum, so it's always a strange time for the both of us. What I never had in previous years, though, was a new online business. And this is the thing with being your own boss at the beginning of a business, it definitely will not run itself. I knew that day that I still had to do certain things, and... I had to be sure that you know that I don't want to lose any momentum. So I woke up and I actually felt okay. My family chat had the usual kind of supportive messages that we all send each other and I'd created a wee Instagram reel with lots of photos of me and my mum. I got my business tasks done and I knew my team knew that I would probably be offline for the afternoon. I went my walk, I done a leg workout, God. And funnily enough, I recorded a podcast episode. So the plan for that day was to go to my favourite restaurant, which is called DiMaggio's. Lockdown was easing, so we were able to go for lunch, but still not have any alcohol. And that was fine. I had stocked up in the house. We honestly had the most incredible meal. It was our first time out for food for nearly five months, and the restaurant was empty with it being midweek. We got home, opened the favourite champagne and sat in the living room with the music channels on. I toasted my Julie and that's a, that was us for the rest of the night. Sadly, the weather was not as good as it usually has been in previous years, um, but it was still a fab wee day. This week has actually got me thinking about how people mark certain occasions and how everybody might do things differently and just people's view on death as a whole. I'm going to take some time just to share my views with you, um, how I cope with grief and the things I believe um, along with some things that I actually hate. 
I don't believe in any way that my views are what everybody should do but over the past week I've just had conversations with people who are also grieving and they could relate to some of the things that I believe in so hopefully if anybody's listening to this and you maybe need some reassurance that you're not going mad um, that by me telling you my views it might help So first up are the phrases that people use. Some of them literally drive me mad. My whole career has been working for hospice charities. So I spent 12 years at a children's hospice and I'm now into my second year with an adult hospice charity. I have to public speak about dying people. So I've always used the terms like death, dying, died. I literally say those words. And I always say my mum died. I don't use phrases like passed away, moved on, like I lost her, etc. And I think as adults, we we have a fear around using the words death and dying. So we don't use them, but a child will boldly tell you that their pet died and it just rolls off their tongue. I also remember thinking in my role when I was at the children's charity about the parents whose child had died. And sometimes the word lost was used. Now something that's been lost could be found, whereas death is final. So I think that's why I prefer to refer it to it as that. Then come other phrases, so the things like, oh, they're in a better place and they only take the good ones. And sadly for me, they just do not help, especially when my grief was very raw. In my eyes, there is no better place than at home with me. My mum was only 49. She didn't want to die, so how can there be anywhere better? And I suppose I tell you this to offer some comfort to anybody else who might feel the same. I would honestly never be rude to anyone who does say those things to me, but I probably am doing a wee bit of a cheeky eye roll. So next up is the whole process of people offering condolences and I might be quite rare with this but again I'm going to share in the spirit of being honest. So in the days after my mum's death cards started to arrive at the house by the bucket load and not one could I put up. I read them and I appreciated the effort that people had went to but cards in my house are usually for a celebration. There was no time to celebrate And then flowers, I honestly found even worse. And I hope you're not all listening to this and thinking, God, what a bitch. But I struggled with them as again, they were reminding me that I should be in pain and mourning. My mum loved flowers, but I also had remembered her asking me like years, years ago that when it came to her funeral, never to spend any money on flowers when she goes. She wanted everybody to have a drink. And that's exactly what we done when it came to organising the funeral. I'm going to share a wee story about a flower delivery. And you might hear this and think I'm mad. <laughs> um, but I still remember it as clear as day. And in that kind of time, you know, it, it is really hard. Your, your head's up your bum. And there was just... There's so much to do. I also had a lot of financial things to sort out. So it was a very surreal and strange but really stressful time. My family were here staying with me 
and we'd went out one day to get as much kind of sorted and booked as we possibly can, like the wake, all that kind of thing. And while we were out, I had a moan about flowers and how they were turning up and I just didn't like them in the house. That year, the weather had been nice. And honestly, I did appreciate that some of them were really expensive. So I didn't want to bin them. And my cousin that I was with suggested that we put them in the garden when we got home. While we were out, there had been another delivery. And I got the card behind the door and it was from a from a florist so I'm thinking to myself more flowers but then also thinking right but where are they the delivery guy had taken it upon himself to go round the side of my house open a gate which is not obviously easy to open cross my whole garden dodging Miffy who's my dog and put them on the garden table that we were going to go and move all the other flowers out onto and it was just so strange and I don't know, you know, everybody's got different views on things like this, but I genuinely think it was my mum saying to him, like, listen, put them round here because she's not enjoying these flowers in the house at all. So what things did I like and appreciate? Well, first of all, the kindness in people is unbelievable. I remember one of my mum's best friends phoning her work to get sandwiches and soup delivered to the house we actually still laugh about it to this day because the words that she used was this house needs sandwiches um and bless her it was all arranged to to feed me and my family so none of us had to think about cooking my best friend also arrived with me first thing that morning armed with <laughs> cigarettes and daily daily dunkers as she knew that I probably wouldn't want to eat and she said to me I, I was thinking on the way oh my goodness and like what it's going to be quick and easy that I can just say all right at least if you eat that so it was incredible and everybody round about us just came together to look after us so my hairdresser done all our hair for free and the day of the funeral and then neighbours that I had never really spoken to chapped the door just to purely say they were sorry and to see if we were doing okay people also got in touch to share their memories of my mum and a lot of people that I had not spoken to in years got in touch just to tell me how they remembered her or how they appreciated some advice that she had gave or maybe a story that she'd once told them I suppose it made me think why does it take for someone to die for people to get back in touch and share those memories. Then it came to the actual funeral. I chose to have no flowers. There was no photograph of my mum sitting at the front and no order of service. So it was very simple, it was personal. And as my mum had stated all those years ago, the money was mainly spent on getting everyone fed and having drinks. The reason I didn't have a photo is that I would have wanted to have picked one of my favourite photos of her, but then afterwards I think it would have like been like the photo would have been tarnished. Every time I would look at it, I would think of the funeral and not where it was taken. The order of the service was probably the same. I didn't want anything that you could take away to remember that day. 
I even got home and binned the clothes I was wearing. So I think all in all, I just wanted to remember my mum alive and well and try to celebrate her life than to be feeling morbid about it. So then I also have been thinking about anniversaries. The, so the, the anniversary of someone dying, um, their birthday, Christmas, Mother's Day, Father's Day, you know, there's, there's all these kind of milestones and the first of them in the first year are probably the worst. They are really hard. But what I have found is that it doesn't get easier and time is not a healer. So more phrases that get re-iral from me. I have genuinely changed and that is the only explanation I have on how it feels each year on any of these kind of milestone occasions. I've grown a tiny bit stronger from the previous year, but I always feel broken. It still hurts like hell and I still have a huge hole in my life. Like, no amount of time is going to change that. I make the decision to try and celebrate my mum's life on the 5th of May each year, which is why I like to go out for food, I get dressed up and I drink mine and my mum's favourite champagne. It's what she would want. Of course, I still cry, I still have my moments, but the main focus for me is to just celebrate the incredible woman that she was. Other observations that I have around this time is that sometimes people literally do, don't know what to say. Do they mention the death or do they not when they see you? Do they say, oh, I'm so sorry, or do they not because they don't want to upset you? I always remember a mum at the children's charity that I worked for telling me that when her baby died, people crossed the street in her village to avoid having the conversation with her. And it actually made her feel worse than them offering her a hug or their condolences. So again, everyone is different, but I would always say be real. Say you're sorry, as you most likely are, and just take that person's lead. If they want to talk about it, they will. And if they don't, just make normal conversation. They're going through a shite time and it's okay to acknowledge that. Now that is kind of the way that I approach a conversation with someone who's recently bereaved. I say to people, do you know what? I'm not going to ask you how you are because it's shit, but I'm here if you need me. And the other thing I would say is just, you know, try not to be weird because <laughs> for that person... Things are already weird enough. My mum was cremated um, but doesn't have like a gravestone or a bench, anything like that as I knew it would be something that I would struggle with. And this is where me and Gary are very, very different during this week. So Gary likes to go back to the crematorium on his dad's anniversary and I do know of friends who will go and place flowers or have a wee chat at some kind of memorial location. We were at the crematorium for Gary's dad this week and I actually said to Gary, like, I do want to be cremated, but don't put my ashes somewhere like this. I find it really a sad place. And for me, when I go back, um, I, I never have any happy memories and I don't have a nice feeling so yeah I think it's really sad and I think if my mum had had something like that I would have found it an ongoing struggle to maintain it for her. I believe that if 
my mum can in any way hear me or if I wanted to speak to her, I can do that anywhere. And I know everybody's different and what may bring comfort to some may not to others, you know. The one piece of advice that I can give to anybody who's not yet lost someone really close would be to have a conversation about their death and about your death. So do you both want to be buried or cremated? I had to guess. I, I picked cremation not knowing really what my mum truly wanted. What do they want to be buried or cremated in? So I never knew this, but when you're arranging a funeral, you have to pick an outfit right down to their underwear. What music do you want? This for me was one of the hardest things that I had to do. Music is an incredible way of bringing back memories and getting those songs right just means a lot. Does the person have a will? Do you have a will? Is there any valuable items that they want to be buried, cremated with? Or if it's yourself, do you want to leave something to someone? Do it now while you're alive and well. Being honest as open as you can. I think a harsh lesson that I had to learn is that it's it's really not easy to die. There's a lot of paperwork and money involved. And I think we do all have to normalise talking about it. It's the one thing that we're all guaranteed to do in life and by having these conversations, it can make the whole process after a death that tiny bit easier. Lastly, I would encourage you to have a wee think about the people in your life that you maybe love more than anything. Do they know? And do they know what makes them so special to you? Like, what is your favourite memory ever with them? Tell them. I say this all of the time, but we are honestly not promised anything and tomorrow could just be too late. I understand this episode may not have been the usual positivity and all things business, but my head this week has been in a different place and for some reason it just felt right to share these kind of insights with you. It's actually also, funnily enough, demystifying death week in Scotland, so it kind of fell into place and yeah, just the timing feels right. I think it's always important to remember as well that there's no right or wrong way to do this and you have to do what feels okay to you. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen today. If you got value from this episode, please let me know. I would love to connect with you on social media. You can find me on Instagram at Samantha Riley underscore underscore. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Speak to you soon.